Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Let's do this. If you, if you love your Bible, take it out. Hold it up. If you don't love your Bible yet, it's okay. You can fall in love with it. You can fall in love with it. And, uh, and I believe the more you see today as we talk about His Word and what it represents, more or less, uh, even more so, who it represents. The Bible says, Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And uh, so uh, I am so thankful for that. So take your Bibles, turn to John 10. John 10, John 10. We're going to read one verse that has just been a verse we've just been uh, through over the last few weeks, just just reading and soaking in a little bit and just letting get in our hearts. And uh, each week we've been cross-referencing and going to an, uh, an Old Testament portion of Scripture and getting some of the promises and, and things that we see there, and we'll do that again today. But I don't know, this just, I just love this verse. I love what it says, and I love what it does. And if you have the red letter, I always say this. Remember, this is Jesus speaking. I believe he's talking to you today. He says this. He says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Always remember that. Remember that. If, if, if the battle that's happening and the enemy that's after you, that is not Jesus. That is not God. Don't blame him. Don't point a finger and say, why did you do this to me, God? He didn't do this to you because here's what he did for us. And I'm so thankful. Nobody's worthy, but I'm thankful for grace. He said this. He says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Amen. More abundantly. That's just, I don't know. We just came out of a series called More and he just, I don't know, he just continues to do more. And uh, not always when we want it, but it's always Right on time, man. And then we're seeing that. We're seeing those things take place. And so I want you to do this with me, if you will. Just bow your heads one more time. We love worship here. We love his word. And we just love to talk to him. So let's just talk to him one more time. And if you have a relationship with him already, I'd encourage you to go ahead and just take this time and just, just spend it with him for a minute. God, thank you. God, thank you. Thank you. So much to be thankful for, Lord. So many things, Lord, you've, you've done in our hearts and lives and you're doing right now, God. And Lord, we know what you're continuing to do, God. And we're just thankful for that today, God. We thank you that you are the giver of life. <laughs> you are the restorer, Father. You are the one that brings restoration to our lives, Father. And we're thankful, Lord, that you give it more abundantly, God, more than what we deserve, even could ask for it, even, even begin to imagine. Father, thank you for that today. God, I just want to thank you for each person is here, God. They're not here by accident, God. You brought them to this place, God, to encounter you in a real way, Lord. And we're thankful for that your spirit's here with us right now and we can have that relationship with you, Father. I pray your blessings upon each person here right now. I pray, God, our hearts to be open today, God. I, I pray, God, our spirits to be open to receive today, Lord. And I declare life in the dead things right now, God. I thank you for resurrection power, Lord, that's flowing in this room and in our lives today, God, in our families, in our churches. And Lord, we just declare today, Father, for what you're doing, give you thanks for it all. And church said with me, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Fist bump one more time, man. Just say, I'm so glad you're here. Tell them, just tell them, I'm so glad that you're here today. Amen. We have been, um, oh man, as you see on the screen, we're in a series called Restoration. 
And uh, it's been fun, man. It's been so much fun. It's been fun for me and, uh, and uh, to be able to go back. And one of the things that we've been doing in this series, and, and it's not something I typically do, will do from time to time as the Lord leads, but something he's put heavy in our hearts during this time, is to do this, is to go back and look at some of the Old Testament stories that we see in scriptures and, and some of the beautiful pictures that we see of restoration and some of the things that we see that God has, has done there. And Pastor Ralph said is doing right now, we'll continue to do. He is not limited. He's not bound. And so there's, there's things that he's doing right now. So I just love some of the pictures that we're seeing. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that I serve a God who is a restorer. Amen. He, he, that's who he is. That's what he does. And I, I believe this. I know others don't, but I believe this. I believe miracles still, still happen. I believe miracles still exist. I believe God is still at work, and I'm so thankful. And I, I just believe it. I, I, think, I, I think this when I read his book. I believe that he was the same today as he was then. And I believe what he did then, he can do now. And so we're seeing that happen in our lives. And so I'm thankful for miracles. But I don't believe this. I, do, I, I don't think that God wants us to continually have to live always waiting on the miracle. All right? I'm thankful for the miracles, and I believe that, and I, I love what he does, and I love when he shows up, and it's always right on time. He has never been late, never will be late. He's a God. He has there's an appointed time for everything, and he's always right on time, and so I'm thankful for those moments when he shows up, but I believe we'll see today, and I, I think as we study scripture, we can get pictures, and we can get understandings of things that will happen, and, and we don't have to constantly just live our life thinking, well, maybe this will be the day. Maybe it'll happen today. Maybe this will be my moment. But I got good news for you. If this is the day you've been looking for and you've been needing that miracle, I believe this is your day. Because we do get in that place. There are times and seasons of life when we go through when we need the miracle. We need God to show up. We need his Holy Spirit to come in and begin to move on our behalf and come in and change the situation that we're in. And he'll do that as we open our hearts up to him. He'll do that when we least expect it sometimes. And so I I think you're going to see a beautiful picture today of of what the Holy Spirit does and how God can work in our lives today. So do this. We've been going Old Testament each week, and we're going to do it again. Go to 2 Kings. 2 Kings, chapter dose. If you don't know Spanish, that is two. 2 Kings, chapter 2. If you're looking for it, right after 1 Kings. It's a dead giveaway right there, I'm telling you. If you're anywhere near the middle or the back of your Bible, you're going the wrong way. Um, I know it's not one of them we read all the time, but... I believe there's some good stuff in here today. If this is um, if this is the first time you've read Kings, I, I just want you to uh, just get ready for this. This is some there's some cool things in our Bibles. There are some beautiful pictures in Scripture of of what God does, and I I think sometimes we skip over the Old Testament and just go into New Testament studies, and we should we should study New Testament and those things. But there's some beautiful pictures of of God at work in these in these stories and these scriptures, and so uh, I love going to them. This has been fun for me. It's been a fun series to do this, and so uh, no different today. We're gonna we're gonna pick up and we're gonna read and we're gonna look at a story in Scripture today. And I'm gonna just I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna read some stuff. I'm gonna pause and we're gonna just reflect, unpack some stuff. So we're gonna keep going. So you can do this. And something we don't always do as well, we're going to stay in this, this book. So just keep your Bibles open, keep your tablets open today, and we're going to stay right here and just camp out for a, for a little bit. So verse 8, we'll start reading of 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to start off in verse 8 here. And uh, this is a, just, again, a beautiful picture of restoration. It says this, it says, Now it happened one day 
that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. Most guys, you ain't got to really persuade us to eat food. Uh, we, we, just, we like food, especially, especially this is a man of God, and so you ain't got to twist our arm. And uh, it, just church people, we know how to eat, and so we, we, we fellowship around food. And so uh, I, I just like that picture. I think that's beautiful. And so uh, to persuaded him to eat some food. And so it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be that whenever he comes to us, he can turn into there. Hmm. This is cool. This, today I'm going to give you four things, and, and, and I see, see in this story today and encourage you to jot them down, that when we read this picture and we look at this story of restoration that God just kind of put heavy on my heart, it kind of stood out to me as we, as we go after what God has for us. And the first thing is this. We see it in verse 10. We need to make room for Jesus. All right? Make room for Jesus. Uh, we... I, I just love this. If, if you, uh, as we study this today, I want you to kind of just get a little bit of understanding of, of uh, maybe just kind of some representation, some how some things are, are, are here, some pictures of what some of these things stand for. But as we look at Elisha, as we look at who he is and what he represents, Elisha was a prophet. All right, so Elisha was a prophet, and so he prophesied. He spoke forth. He was a picture of the word. He was a picture of the voice of God. He was a picture of the things that God can speak into our life. And so as we look at this, I don't want you to see him as, as a man. Even as we read Scripture and it says the man of God, just don't even just get out of your mind that he's even a preacher. Don't, just don't even look at him and say, well, this is the pastor's job or this is the preacher's job. This is, this is who this is talking about today. As we look at the life of Elisha, I want you to see him for who, it, who this represents. As a man of God, but also he's representing as a prophet the voice of God, the word of God. And so he, he is a huge picture here today of what we see in Scripture. And it should be one of the things that we make room for in our life, and that's the word. I, um, I've asked the, the uh, video team to get a, just a little short clip together, and this has been floating around on uh, social media. And when I saw this, I just, I just cried, I just weeped. I've watched it a couple of times, and I just have weeped every time. And so I, I think sometimes <laughs> we don't truly appreciate the word for, for what it is. Uh, the, again, we, we know that in Scripture that this is the, the, the word that became flesh for us, represented Jesus. And uh, it's who it is. So as we open up this book, we're spending time with him. As we open up this, this word, we're, we're spending time, and he is speaking into our hearts today. And so this is just a short clip, and this is a video that took place in China when uh, a group of Christians there in, in, in China received Bibles for the first time. And so they had heard the word, accepted the word, and had just had bits and pieces. But for the first time, missionaries had sent the word of God to this place, and for their first time, they were able to have an experience of their own book. I want you to look at how important and how valuable the word is to them. Wow. Huh. I don't know about you. I didn't do that this morning. I didn't do that this morning. I, when we were uh, pulling the book out and we'd give occasional, woo I, I, I love that. But I don't know, I didn't do that. And I, each time I've watched it, I, I've said, God, forgive me. I've repented of that. I've repented because I don't think sometimes we realize how valuable 
This is. I, I don't think we, we in America understand how blessed we are and the gifts that God's given us. There's so many things that we have just at our fingertips. Now most every one of us can, can take and at our fingertips have every translation of the Bible at any time that we, we ever want. And these people were just hungry for that. I, I don't know. I, I just thought as I saw that, I, I, I only time I see things like that in America is when they unpack that Black Friday uh, the, the thing. I mean, it, seriously, is that not the, is that not the truth? I mean, you know, they're opening up the flat screen and people are dropping elbows and blows and and coming off the top for the video game. And but man, this is the word of God, and I don't think we see it sometimes. And and heaven help us, God help us to see. Lord, we want to understand and we want to do this. We want to make room for the word of God in our life. If restoration is going to come into your house, if you're going to experience the life that God has for you, if you're going to be able to walk in the power that God has, do this. Make room for the Word of God in your life. Make room for Jesus. Spend time with Him. And I love what happens. You see a beautiful picture here of where she says that they placed this. It was in the upper room that they built this room for the prophet. They built this room for the man of God. They made room for him. And so I think this is a picture of we must cover ourselves in the Word. We must cover ourselves in the Word. We must get up underneath His Word. If there's something going on in your life, and right now you're in that place of struggle, you're in that place of turmoil, and, and things are happening in your life, do this. Cover yourself in the Word. Just get up underneath the Word. When, when, if, you can't, if you can't even find the words to say, open up the book and begin to say what He says. Because I believe this. I believe His Word coming out of your mouth is just as powerful as it was coming out of His mouth. And so when you start speaking forth his word and you start saying the things that he said, you start speaking forth those lives. And so you make room for this. So I want to ask this question for you. Have you made room for him in your family? Have you made room for him in your life today? Is there room for him? Have you made room for him in your finances? Have you made room for him in your marriage, in, your, in, in this church? Have you made room for him yet in your heart? Have you set aside the place for him? And not this, not do everything else that we want to do and then want to add God to it. Matthew 6, tells us to seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. And he says that all the other things will be added to us. He'll do this for us. As we seek first him, he brings the things in our life that need to be there. And I just love that picture. But so many times I've done this and you've done it. We seek the things and then want to add God to it. But he says it's seek him, make room for him. And you see this picture in scripture where she made room for the man of God. She made room for Jesus. She made room for him in her life. And this is what he does. If you make room for him, he'll come. You just see a picture. He said that every time he was available, he would always come. He always responds to his word. He always responds to his word. So as you, as, there's some of you starting to see this in your life. There's some of you that have been speaking life over your situation, some of you for years, but guess what's happening? He's responding to his word. Your kids are getting saved, man. Your family's getting healed. Your marriage is getting back together. God's doing incredible things. It's because of the word of God, man. Go ahead, praise him. His word's powerful. His word is so powerful. It's such a powerful thing. So we must do this. We must make room for him in our life. Verse 11, let's just keep reading. A lot to cover. And it says this, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Again, remember just who this represents. Remember what this represents. You make room for him. He comes into the room. He comes into the place, and he just lays in your, in, in your house. I want him to just make himself at home in my house, man. I don't want him to feel like a visitor in my house. I want him to feel at home there. Verse 12 says this, Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him. Verse 13 says, And he said, uh, and he said to him, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. 
what can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. I like, I like this picture here. You, you see, when you make room for him in your life, he comes into the scene, and he'll always ask this, what can I do? How can I serve you? What can I do for you? And it just, it's, just, it's just how this works. I, I don't, I don't, if, if we ever grab this, you'll do this. You'll set aside some time every day for his word. You'll make room for this. And when you do it, he always comes in, and then he does this. He says, what can I do for you? Because here's the deal. He gets, and he always gives better to us than what we ever give to him. Always. Y'all singing trading my sorrows. We, we always get the better end of the deal. It's every time you go into a situation, you're not doing God the favor. He's doing you the favor. He did us the favor this morning when he allowed us to get up, breathe in air, come into this place and worship him. It is always a gift from him, and everything that we have good came from him. And so we look at situations sometimes, and we, when we think, man, what's going to happen? Cover it. Make room for the word. And then he does this. He shows up. He comes onto the scene, and we do this a lot of times. We get caught up in the house the wind, the what, where's this going to happen, what's this going to do? He's saying, do this. You look at the who. You make room for me, and then I'll show up, and I'll do for you what needs to be done. I'll work for you where I needs to be worked at. I will show up in your life, and I'll do these things. So we make room for him. He comes on the scene. He always asks us, man, what can I do for you? He's continually, through Jesus, pouring things into our life. Let's just keep reading. This is good, man. It just gets better. So he said in verse 14, when, uh, when is this to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son, and her husband is old. So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Come on, just see this picture. He's, he's just, just laying there relaxing, not worried. God ain't worried right now. He's not up there right now just, just twisting his hands and wringing and just wondering and wondering if there's some way I can work this out for you. Wonder if there's some way I can make this thing happen right now. He's up there on the throne in all authority, in all power, and, and, and all standing. And right now he's there in the midst. So he's asking, he said, what can I do? Call her here. And she comes in and she stands in the doorway. And you, and you probably, I think for me, one of my favorite verses in the entire story we're getting ready to see in verse 16. It says this. So he said to her, call her, and when he had come, she called her and stood in the doorway, and then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Now remember, she, she was a notable woman. She had, uh, her and her husband, they had, they had finances, they had things to be able to do these things, and I don't know how all this worked back then. I don't know if they can make that happen medically that back then or none of these things, but she was in a place of barrenness. She was in a place of dryness. She was in a place where she had no child. The man of God who had been made room for her shows up, and the word of God spoke forth and said this. She said, no, my Lord, do not lie to your servant. Now get ready to see this happen. He says, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Now, again, Pastor, why is that your favorite verse in the story? Because what happens? She said, no, my Lord, don't lie to your maidservant. She, just, there's another way to say this. She didn't believe Called him a liar, and just in no way in her own place of faith was able to grasp this and get an understanding and a picture of this and think this was for her. She just in every way avoided it. And it was just, I feel like, a beautiful picture of God's grace. 
because uh, I, I, a lot of times we come in here and we give the points and we say, let's get out there, let's go do this and let's go walk this out and let's go live this thing for him and let's make room for him in our life and there's things that happen. But what happens when this takes place? He speaks and we don't believe it. He speaks, and we, we read the scripture, and we look at the promise, and he speaks forth. The pastor gets up, gives a word, and, you, and it's for you, and then you still get into a place of struggle. We still go out there. We drop the ball. We forget it. We mess up. We get into a place of sin. You know what we need then? God's grace. And so many times we look at it and say, well, God's grace is in the New Testament. There's no, no, you're seeing picture after picture of Scripture, the, the restoration, and the God of, we, that we serve at work here. And in this situation, her not deserving the miracle. Listen, your miracle is not based on your merit. Your miracle is not based on your merit and what you're available to do for God. Listen to me. God's grace is greater than anything that you could ever do for him. No matter what happens in your life, the grace of God and the miracle of God can come for you. Now listen, your restoration is not this. It, is not, it has nothing to do with your ability to respond. Listen, it is his ability and it is his power and it is his love and his grace working in our lives and through our lives, even sometimes when we miss it and forget and drop the ball, miss everything, Jesus is still at work in your life. So listen to me. You're here right now. You're here right now. And, and, and he got you here and he's at work in your situation regardless of what went on before you got here. Now, if we, if we could and we can't, and I'm so thankful, we can't put up on these screens what happened in our lives before this moment. Sometimes we, well, we do it and we have a graduation service. When we do this, we take little glimpses of our children when they're getting ready to graduate and we put those pictures of them as a little child and we see certain moments of their life. And don't we always put the good stuff on there? What, what would happen if today the lights dimmed and your face came on the screen and we said, this is your story? How quick would you hit the door running? How quick would you be gone? You hit the door. But listen to me. No matter what happened before you got here, he got you here. And he is at work today in your life. And he wants to bring a miracle in life into your situation. So we see it. Even in her doubt, even in her unbelief, it's called grace. Verse 17 says this. But... The woman conceived and bore a son. <laughs> I'm thankful that as dumb as I've been sometimes, man, but God. He showed up and still moved in my situation. But this woman conceived and bore a son, and when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. Now listen, there's an appointment for you. There is a time that God has for you. Now listen, it may not always happen when you want it to happen. It may not always work out for you when you, when you think it's going to work out. We, we have now, this year, this, this past week, we celebrated seven years as a church. And as I look back, man, I'm so thankful for everything that God has done. And there's sometimes I look back and I think, well, maybe we should be here or we should be doing this at this certain place. Listen to me. There's an appointed time. But you know what I'm supposed to do? Stay faithful. You know what you're supposed to do? Just keep looking into him. Just keep believing. Just keep trusting him for everything that he's doing in your life. And he does this. He shows up onto the scene. And it was even in her failure, her doubt and unbelief, at the appointed time he showed up and she had a son. Verse 18. And the child grew. And now it happened one day. Now listen, that thing grew. He, he grew. He, he has some life in him now. He has some years on him. It said, now it happened one day that when he went out to his father, to the reapers, 
which is, again, this is a beautiful picture. It's harvest time. It's, it's, it's what's going on here. You see a harvest time. Reaping has taken place. And, and listen, if you keep sowing, you reap. Just how it works. It just, there's no way you can't sow and not get back. And so it was harvest time. And look at what happens when it's harvest time. The enemy always will attack you. The enemy always will attack you because look at what takes place. Verse 19, and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. Ain't that just like a daddy? I like that. I think that's a beautiful, that's pretty cool. And he, and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to his servant, carry him to his mama. It's, it's, sometimes you just need mama. And I mean, you just, you, just, you just need dad. And again, I don't think he was being a bad daddy. He just knew who had the gift and maybe who, what he didn't have. But he said this. He said, go, take him to his mama. And you see this attack coming in the harvest time. And in verse 20 says this. It says, when he had taken him and, uh, and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knee till noon, and then died. Wow. Didn't think, if you've never read this story, you probably didn't think it was going that direction. Verse 21 says, And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. Remember why it was so important that we make room for him in our life? What if, that, what if that didn't exist? What if, what if, what if they, they had not, she had not made the room for him? Listen to me. This is why it's so crucial. It's so powerful. Make room for him in your life because there's going to be times you need him. And listen, the other gods can't do this for you. There, there, there are people today praying and more faithful in their prayer life than a lot of us. But right now, the God that they're praying to can't heal them can't save their child, can't come in there and raise them up, bring restoration life into them because their God's dead and our God's alive today. And we can speak to him at any time. And so she knew what to do. And point two is this, trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. Trust the word of God. Trust the man of God. Trust what this represents in every way because when, the, when the, this situation got ugly, she knew what to do. She trusted him and she went up. She laid him on the bed of the man of God and just shut the door and went out because here's what he'll do. He's faithful and just to complete everything he started. He will always perform it. He will always show up, and you can trust him. You can trust his word. I, I, I love, again, that picture of that, those Chinese that were going after the word. I believe, I think they trusted it, and we can trust his word. We can trust him, and I, I must, I'm, you know me, if you've been around here any time, I don't, I, I've been hurt in ministry. You get tough, and you've been hurt in your life, and it's hard sometimes to trust people. Let's just be real. It is, it's hard sometimes to trust people. It's hard sometimes to trust when you've been hurt, but you can trust Jesus. You can trust his word. You can always trust it. And this is the truth. And it's so, it's so incredible. And, and sometimes we struggle and it's hard to trust sometimes. And Angel and I were talking about something the other day and, and we laughed for a while after she said this, but we were, we were needing some, a car checked out and we were looking for a, you know, a mechanic and, and she, and she's, that's my woman of God right there. I love her. And, and, and she, and she has a business card of someone who does this type of work. And so I made the statement and I said, I don't know if we can can trust them. We don't know nothing about this person. And some of you, you've been burned by the mechanic and you, 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 you know, they told you everything else was wrong. You just needed your windshield wipers, man. That's all I came for. I just want to get some windshield wipers and some armor all. I didn't come for nothing else. Just leave me. But they start telling you all this stuff. And I said, I don't know if we can trust this person. She said, oh, you can trust them. They've got a business card. (laughs) 
And she does said it before she even thought about it. And then she got tickled and, and I got tickled and, and we laughed and, and, and we got, we got, we still laugh. We still, we laughed a couple of days about it later, but we still laugh. But here's the truth. We can trust him. We can, we can always trust his word. We can always stand on it. We, when we make room for him in our life, we trust him. We comes in. What he says here, he does. When we give it to him. And I love what happens. She takes this, this, this child, who the, this promise that she had, the potential that had been brought into her, her life, and she takes her promise, she takes her potential, she goes upstairs, and then she lays it on the bed of the man of God. She lays it at the word. She lays it there. She says, I can, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. It was the word that did this for me. It's going to be the word that will continue to do this for me. It was Jesus that did this. It'll always be Jesus. And so it'll always be us going back to him. And so she takes her promise and she goes and she lays it there. She lays it at his feet. She laid it on the bed. And I like what happens. She just shuts the door and walks out. She just shuts the door and walks out. I've done it so many times we do. We come in and we come in. We lay it at his feet. And man, the Holy Spirit moves in our life. God's at work. We see it, man. We cry and we just rejoice and we celebrate. And then we get up and we do this. We take our burden with us. We take our mess with us and we go back and we say, well, it was a decent day, a good service, but man, I'll never be free. Listen to me. When you cast your cares upon him, when you lay it at his feet, you can trust Jesus. You can trust his word. And when you make room for him in your life, when that situation gets tough, always go back to the word. Always go back to what he said. Always go back to his promise. And so she comes in, she takes her promise, she lays it down, and then she walks out, and then she shuts the door. Let's just keep going because this gets good. Then she called to her husband and said, please send me, verse 22, send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, why are you going to him today? Is it neither the new moon nor the Sabbath? And she said, it is well. <laughs> it's it kind of like this, any Wednesday, any Bible study day. It ain't Sunday. What you, what you going to church for? What you going after the word for today? Listen to me. Every day we need him. Every day, every situation, he's always the answer. Verse 24 says, Then she saddled up a donkey and, uh, and said to her servant, Drive and go forward and do not slacken the pace from me unless I tell you. I mean, it's a donkey. So I don't know I mean, how, much, how much you can get out of that thing. But I mean, you, it, <laughs> don't stop until you get there. And so just as fast as we can go. So she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And that's a whole Another picture of what's going on on Mount Carmel. And so it was when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, it is, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, It is well. And I, I like this. If you look at the literal translation of, of this in Scripture, she's saying that it will be well. <laughs> so many times our, our, this, something happens and something comes on and, and, and death happens in our life. And I'm not talking about just a, a person, but I'm talking about a situation or a promise or a miracle and all that's represented here. So many times we call Thomas McAfee. So many times we call the coroner and listen to me, we can call on Jesus. And he's the one who gives life. She didn't start planning a funeral. She started planning a resurrection. 
She started planning a lot. She started planning restoration happening. She'd come in believing. And she showed up in the man of God. She'd come there and she said, it's going to be well. In verse 27, it says that when she came to the man of God she, at, at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone. For her soul was in deep distress and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask for a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Now listen, this is, again, you start seeing the struggle. You start seeing life, real life. It's real stuff happening, man. She, she's, she's believing, she's trusting, she's saying it's going to be well, but then she gets to a place sometime of struggle. But look, man, I love Jesus. I love what he does. And I love the word and all that's represented. It said this in verse 28. So she said, did I not ask for this son, Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? And then he said, Gehazi, get yourself ready. Take my staff into your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. But if anyone greets you, do not answer him, but lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Number three, stay close to Jesus. Stay close to Jesus. Don't, don't let distance get away from you and him. It, this is a crucial, and this is, this is huge. And again, we always have to have God's grace. This, this, again, it's not something we can do on our strength. He's always there for us. But stay close to him. I, I don't know if Elisha kind of pulled back and just was at first saying, you know, just go on with my servant. Just go ahead. I, I, I don't know, but maybe he thought back to a time because there was a moment in his life where he did this. Elijah, which who was a great prophet and a great man of God who performed miracle after miracle, was, was in the midst of Elisha. And Elisha told him, wherever you go, I'm going. Whatever you do, I'm, I'm doing that. Whatever happens, when the going gets tough, I'm still following you. No matter what takes place, I'm going with you. So I don't know if at first he wanted to pull back and wanted to send her on her way and say, no, you can go on with them. And then maybe it all just started having those flashbacks because this is what took place. He asked for, Elisha did this. Elisha asked for a double portion of what Elijah had. And it was kind of interesting. I was talking to Pastor Harry and, and uh, the other day, we were talking about Elijah and Elisha and the promises that were there and the, and the things that were done. And, and he made this statement. He said that Elisha asked for double. And Elisha asked for double the, uh, double the miracles. He asked for all those things. And he left this world being one miracle shy of having double of what Elijah had. And you're kind of like, hold on, man. Well, what happened? He asked for it. But if you read in Scripture, there was a time where in Elisha's grave, they put a dead man in his grave. And when that dead man touched the bones of Elisha, he came back to life. And so, listen, he got double. He got every promise of God. He got everything that he asked for, everything that he believed for. And it's because he did this. He stayed close to the prophet. He stayed close to the word. He stayed close to Jesus. He didn't let no room get between him and them. He stayed in very tight proximity of everything that was going on. So I love this. When the enemy comes in, this is what he'll do. The thief is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. He's trying to separate you from him. He's trying to separate you from Jesus. He's trying to get you out of church. He's trying to get your mind somewhere else. He's trying to get you with the wrong group of people. He's doing everything he can. Don't let separation come between you and Jesus. You stay close. You keep that tight. You just keep walking out what he's done for you. And so she says it. She says, I'm with you. I'm staying in this thing. I don't care what happens. I'm staying close to you because this is what happened. I remember what you did. 
I remember what you did in my life. I remember that time when I didn't believe for a son and you still gave me one. Remember that time when I, 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 I deserved to die, go to hell, and, and, and live eternity separated from you, but you sent Jesus for me. I remember that time, so I'm going to stay close to you. I'm going to stay close to your promise. And so she began to follow her and went out. Verse 31 says this, So now Gehazi went on ahead of them, laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child has not awakened. You, you can probably see him kind of starting to get into a place of worry. Well, you told me to do this, and, and there's been no change yet, and this thing ain't worked out like we was hoping it was going to work out. But when Elisha came in the house, there was a child lying dead on his bed. Verse 33, he went in, therefore, shut the door. And there it is again. I love that. Just shut the door. Just separate yourself from the mess. Separate yourself from the junk. Just, just say, I'm not going, there's no way. I'm not letting you separate me, Dale. I'm, I'm staying close to what God has for me. He walks in. He does this. He walked in and behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Don't forget this. This is huge. We need the word of God in our life, and you need prayer in your life. Listen, always, and, and, and there would be a lot of times, and I would encourage you to do this most of the time, pray the word. Say the word and, and say those things. And so here you are, what's represented here, Jesus, the word, the, all these, the power through the prophets, speaking forth and praying and saying these things. And, and this is why we do this on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights, if, if you don't get to come, I would encourage you just to come hang out sometime with us on Wednesday. Uh, we just do this. We get together and we do two things. We pray and we get in God's word. Because watch what prayer in the word does. Watch what happens. <laughs> He went up and he lay on the child. He put his mouth, verse 34, he put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, and his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. Wow. There had been doubters and naysayers and people that try to take that and make that natural. I've, I've, I've heard people who even have good hearts and don't even mean bad saying, well, that was, that was one of the first instances we see of CPR. You know, seriously, I mean, I've heard this. I mean, you know, they try to naturalize everything God does. Uh, if you saw the debate the other day between Bill Nye and Ken Ham and somehow somebody's trying to t- take away, listen, I believe this book. I believe his word. I, I don't care what Bill says, a science guy. I got Christ. I got God. I know what God's word says. And so he, he, and everything that he says, I believe it. And it's true. And so I don't think this was some type of form of, of some type of hooky-booky, spiritual, crazy, crazy stuff. And he's trying to cast some spell. And he's coming up, laying on top of him. And he's trying to somehow bring more. The dude's been dead for a long time. They went out on a donkey. I mean, seriously, this has been a while. I mean, people, I don't know how you want to naturalize this and say this is something other than what it is. Donkey, donkey travel. I mean, there wasn't no text and no call 911 and then they there, three-minute response time, and they're going to show up and they're going to come in the scene and they're going to, I mean, they're going to do something. None of that stuff's going on. God's been dead a long time, gone. Even the, guy, the servant went ahead, laid the staff, still no changes. But listen, when you get covered in the Word, 
Don't doubt this book. When you get covered in the Word, when the Word of God covers your life and He comes in and you have that promise, you have what He says, look at what begins to take place. You start seeing it begin to happen. He said the child's flesh becomes warm in verse 35. He returned and he and walked back and forth in the house and again went up, stretched himself on him, and then he the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes in verse 36 and he called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. So he called her. She came into him. And he said, pick up your son. Pick up your miracle. Pick up your promise. Get what he's got for you. Oh, man, that's so cool. Pick it up. And I love what she does. Verse 37, it's, instead of you would think it's just natural, she would run to, her, to what she wanted. Verse 37 says this. So she, 37 says that she went in and fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Number four is this. Worship Jesus. Worship Jesus. Worship Jesus. I can't say this enough, man. And I know sometimes, I just know how this works in our minds and our natural thinking is that we have to constantly battle. I know during services sometimes, it's just natural, man. We're thinking, man, I mean, they're going to try to keep pushing me to worship. They're going to try, they're going to, that pastor's going to get up there and say, sing it again, Sam. I mean, do it again. They're going to just going to keep on and keep on until I finally I'm going to do something. Now, listen to me. We're trying to get you to worship Jesus because he deserves it. We're trying to get you to praise him, honor him, lift him up because here's what happens. You make room for him in your life. He comes on the scene. He shows up whether we deserve it or not. It's called grace. And we love and he blesses us. He gives us his promises and we stay close to him. We trust him and this is what we should do. It should be the natural response out of what he's done for us. Worship. It should just be the natural response out of what he's given us. And I love it. I love it. He, he doesn't say, here, take your promise and just lay it on your lap. He did that before. There are times, again, when you've got to have that. There's sometimes when you, 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 our doubt comes in and he just, again, grace shows up. But there's some things that you've got to go after. And he didn't just lay the child in his lap. He said, you go pick up your son. You, you pick up what's provided for you. I want to, I want to encourage every parent right now. We're seeing fruit come out of just continue to stand, continue to just trust. Listen to me. If, you have, if you're a parent, you have a child that's in struggle right now, you keep going to Jesus. You keep, you keep going. You keep going and laying them at the feet. You keep going and you place them under the word. You keep going and you don't stop. You don't give up. You don't quit because, listen to me, there's going to be a time when God comes and he's going to speak into your life. You go pick up your promise. You go celebrate what I've done. You celebrate what I can do through Jesus. Pick it up. Pick it up. Oh, man. And we just see it. It's just, oh, man, it's so beautiful. So beautiful. Listen to me. Don't let your situation determine your worship. Don't let your situation that you're going through and what's happening right now, don't let it determine what your praise level is, what your worship level is. You get at his feet. And listen, in his presence, it's fullness of joy. <laughs> 